Welcome, listeners, to the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. I think this is, what, episode 467? Sounds about right. Yeah. My name's Alon. And my name's Ara. And uh, we do the show every week. The website is chatterboxgameshow.com. Feel free to go to the website. It's really old. Uh, say hello to us through email. Send us things you want us to chat about. We Whatever. still have the Google Voice number. We do. Which is our uh, special Chatterbox messaging service, which means that you call the number and you leave a voicemail that's under, let's say, two minutes long, because otherwise if you go much farther than that, it'll cut you off. And you say something uh, that you're passionate about, about games, something maybe that's really pissing you off lately. Or making you happy, really. Or make you happy. We're equal opportunity. We don't like to dwell on the negative, right? That's not true at all. We love that. (laughs) Anyway, the number is 480-442-6321 or 4GAME21. Give us a call, leave us a voicemail, and maybe we'll play it on... um, I was going to say the air, but we're not on the air. The podcast. Yeah. All right. So we have a lot of little things to cover that we've had laying around for a while. I have a lot of little things that have been laying around for a while. Actually, that's not true. I have a few very large things that have been laying around for a while. That's true. Um, I guess that's where we're going to start. Yeah. This is, I, I keep telling you guys that I'm going to update the website one of these days. And when I do, we'll be able to show you stuff like this um, because I'll have a better infrastructure for the website and can show pictures more easily. Uh, what we have going on in here is crazy. Yeah. Does this? Do you think this is? Uh, I have. Do I have a man cave now? Is that what they call it? No. You have a house where you just plumped a bunch of stuff in, right? A man cave would be different. You wouldn't have windows for the most part. Fair enough. Yeah. Although this is very cavernous, like. Yeah. But let, okay, I, I won't leave you in mystery any longer. Um, so, I guess I was bored. Right? All um, well, crazy game's, ideas. Your game's done. Are bored. Sitting around the house for a little bit, not. Yeah. Born out of boredom. Yeah. And I decided, um, yeah, you know what? This triple screen thing with the, the Gran Turismo and, and other racing games, any yeah. game that supports we've, it. We've talked about his rig before. Yeah. Um, quick reminder he has a crazy driving rig with that expensive steering wheel for Gran Turismo 5 and like lots of wood and metal to make sure that it simulates his car as realistically as possible yeah engineered to have the exact same seating geometry in my car yeah and it i mean a real car seat that whole thing and a real car seat anyway so i was like okay so um this is clearly inadequate for my entertainment 152 inch screen is not enough so let, let's try the the triple screen thing anyway so this has been actually like quite quite a laborious road um because there's a lot of things that you have to consider when you're trying to do a triple screen setup that don't normally come into play until you actually try to do it. Yeah, but the lengths you'll go to have a 5760 by 1080 screen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, you know, my problem started with the fact that I had a 52-inch screen, which is really not made anymore. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have been looking for LCD TVs, but apparently 46 and 55 that's the way to go. And 52 is the the redheaded stepchild of television sizes. They were all the rage five years ago when we bought TVs. Yeah. So I happened to get one uh, when they stopped, when they decided to stop making them. And then, um, so now when you want to make three screens out of this, right, it's, uh, it's kind of a tough decision, right? Because at first I was like, all right, well, let me get some cheap 55 inches and scale the screen down. That after a while became, um, I just decided that was going to be too much of a compromise. I said, hey, you know what? I'll take my chances on the used market. My life will turn into a very long episode of American Pickers. And I will try and source uh, two additional screens that hopefully are this. Well, there's no way that they could be the same model. So as close as I could, right? Same brand. And now yeah. I got to just fish around Phoenix to find people willing to sell them to me. Yeah. And by the way, like he was not like no LG, no Philips, no Samsung. He got Sony's got to have Sony. So now we have three Sony's wrapping around your brain when you sit inside the, like the cockpit, basically. Yeah. And uh, so I actually just spent this past weekend um, fabricating 
custom tables so that I can actually place the other two screens because they're 52-inch screens. These are big things, right? Next to my other screen and actually, like, align them properly, right? You've done a fantastic job. We just set it up before the show. We got them put in in just the right positions, almost. You might need to adjust the tables a bit, but otherwise... Yeah, a little bit of adjustment is in order, yeah. but um, Let me tell they're you adjustable, that. so that's good. This is completely killing the feng shui of the house. It uh, is. Totally destroyed. It is, but sometimes you have to make compromises. Yeah. So one of these days, we'll actually put pictures up so you guys can see this thing. Um, it's not quite complete yet for lack of two additional PlayStation 3s that you need. Yeah, so I mean, I've, I've got everything. I've got my Switch, right? I've got my um, networking Switch, so the... PlayStation 3s can communicate with, with each other. I got my two extra copies of Gran Turismo 3 because you need that too. Um, the only thing I'm missing is these two two more PS3s. That'll come soon. Which, um, yeah, I should have bought them. I really should have bought them around Black Friday. I didn't realize that the prices would actually go up. Now it's almost impossible to find one for like less than $250. they are like all being sold in stores as bundles. Only place I can find them... It's less than that. That's around two hundred. Is either um, like from Fry's or from um, Sony directly, right? So I'm browsing Sony's site last night, and they're well, offering like, them for like two hundred bucks each, right? Like their outlet store or something? No, yeah, just Sony's Sony's store. Okay. Yeah, you can. I don't know if you want to call it an outlet store. Well, they have. You can go to their website. You can go to the outlet section, so you're getting like refurb yeah. stuff. No, it's the regular section, okay. but it, but they are refurbished. But they do have the same uh, one-year warranty as a non-refurbished. Anyway, so I'm like clicking around on this site, right? And I'm about to pay. And then here's this little graphic in the corner. It's like, hey, sign up for the Sony-style card and you can get a $100 credit and use... Haven't I talked about this? That's how I got my PlayStation 3. Right now. So I'm like, great, I'll do this. And so I fill out the form. I get approved instantly. And then the graphics on the screen say... Okay, you're done. Uh, just click this button, and your information will be filled in automatically, so you can complete this purchase. And I click the button, and then guess what happens? Nothing. Nothing. All gone. Okay. So I spent um, a a wonderful twenty minutes today talking to about six different people, um, as they as they were transferring me around to every possible place on customer support that couldn't help me. And remarkably, they all talked like Eek the Cat, which I can't explain. I don't know who Eek the Cat is. He kind of talks like this all the time. <laughs> okay, you got six different people to talk like And that? Yeah, I think, I think that uh, I think I'm really close to making a really racist joke. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, yeah, so no joy from that. Apparently, they were like... Um, we can't do anything for you because we're just completely useless and that's how the modern life works. Okay. Um, so I was really upset. Um, I told them to cancel everything. I asked them to cancel even the, um, whatever it is that dinged my credit report because I had to basically apply for a credit card and well, got nothing. Too late for that boss. That, that dings already happened. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so, you know what? I mean, I'm probably just going to, like, reorder that tonight and maybe even just try and apply again. Um, you know, one good ding deserves another. Good luck. So what happened to me was I got the Sony card, and it's like you'll get, I think, $150 credit the first time you use the card on a Sony product at an authorized retailer. So I went to Walmart and bought it. We're like, Walmart already had it. Like, if you buy it, you get a free, like, $100 um walmart gift card from them and i hate walmart but because i was making them lose money it was awesome so like there's no markup on systems but they were giving me a hundred dollar gift card so they made like maybe five or ten dollars off the system but gave me a hundred bucks retail right so i had that gift card to buy controllers with and then i had 150 dollars towards the system right on my credit card bill because i had used it towards a sony product and at the store so that was cool but i had to wait to get the card and then use it it wasn't like just use it on the sony website yeah, so um, so that's what's happening there. And you think now that all my problems will be solved after I get these things. But you see, when you get into the big leagues here with video gaming, there's always more than you bargained for. 
So I don't know if I've told you this, Alon, but I, I'm counting that after – if everything is on, I've now got a system that's going to basically draw around 1,300 watts of power. Yeah, I was going to say that you might need to run new electrical in the house. Which, uh, yes. So we're going to find out um, soon enough. Well, you could run all three televisions right now and one PlayStation. Yeah, we can find out what's it going to take to uh, trip RS circuit. Yeah, uh, just for the record, the new PlayStations, yeah. like you know, they released two new models since the original. Right. Uh, they actually multiple models without changing the exterior. Um, they use less power. So this is good. If you're worried about power, get the newest model PlayStation. Which one is Sony selling? Are they selling the the mini one or the new mini one? The not new mini one. Okay. It's weird that that's available and not just the standard even on Sony's website. Maybe that's why they're unloading some at 200 bucks. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean they're 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 the ones that are out now. It's not the Hulk, it's the one that's out now. It's not the new new one. Yeah, well it's that the middle one. That new new one should be available, isn't it? Yeah, but that new new one, see the thing is, see there's a lot of subtleties here. These this new new one, I've heard rumors that games load slower on it. Like they use a slower hard drive? I don't know what it is exactly. Whatever. Could, you're going to end up that. you're going to end up putting solid state drives in all of these things one day anyway. You know me too well. Yeah. So, anyway, I wish you luck with the rig. Uh, we will one day have pictures, or I'm sure you will make a YouTube video. But I feel like no matter where I'm standing in your house, I can look at the back of a television now. So, that is certainly a plus in my book. Yeah. And let me tell you, these things do not uh, create a trivial amount of heat. <laughs> right now, you're, you know, it's always good to have heat in the house. But come summertime, this place is going to be burning up. We'll be right back. Chatterboxers, how much do you love Amazon.com? Since you're like me, the answer is a lot. And since you love Chatterbox almost as much, here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. And we're back. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio, and we won't be talking about the simulator or Gran Turismo or three screens or... Are you going to name this My thing? My power bills from now on. Have you ever named your car? No. Because a lot of people name their cars. No, I'm not one of... Like, I never got that. What is that? I never understood that. It's it's not a person. It's an object. Like, I'm not going to anthropomorphize my things that I yeah. own. Well, far be it from me to tell you what you should do. I just... I kind of want to have a name to refer to this monstrosity in your living room. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be a human-style name. You may give it a name, if you wish. We need, we need to come up with something. Preferably... Not like four syllables, like the behemoth, like simulator. <laughs> I don't, I don't need that. But um, I mean, I'll just call it the stimulator. That'll yeah. blue thunder. Sure, sure. Thanks for All dropping right. one whole syllable. Okay. Um, as always, I remind everyone that this this program brought to you for freezies is sponsored by uat.edu, the website for the University of Advancing Technology. So, you know, if you're thinking about going to school, there's an option. Um, I want to talk about, like I said, we got, we got a lot of different stuff to cover today. Um, let's talk about THQ, but first, I had to remind you about Doritos Crash Course. Remember, I've, I've been playing the new levels, right? Any there's, new records this week? Um I actually went back and improved a couple of my scores in the, the early levels, but um, I played through the last world that I hadn't played for the DLC. I had intentionally like not played all the DLC levels because I wanted to spread it out, give it a little bit, you know. So I played the, uh, 
the new Vegas levels the first day I got it, waited a few days, then played London. Um, and I went back and looked at my old rankings. And certainly I'm not number one anymore. I'm not like number five or 10 or whatever. But I think one of them I still had like level or rank of 26 out of over 1,200 people. So that was pretty good. Um, I'm still up there. And I want to like for most of them stay in the top 100. And there's several that I'm in like, you know, around 50 or 60 or something, which is cool. But one thing I realized is that I would never have known, I would have had no idea about this DLC, which I really wanted, had I not been reading the blogs, right? Most people don't read video game blogs, um, don't read them steadily enough to notice if a piece of news does come up. So, you know, what happens when a game that I have has DLC, a game that I would happily buy DLC for, when that becomes available... If it doesn't hit, like, the front of the Xbox OS screen, you know, how it advertises yeah. a couple of things. It probably just uh, disappears into obscurity, and you never notice that it was actually ever available. Yeah, like, I would never search for it. And when you search for a game, you just see the game. You don't see the DLC. You know, so, it's it's really interesting to me that you're bringing this up now, because I've had... I remember a time when, for some reason, I was like, oh, well, I know that... Um, you know, PlayStation, like PSN updates every like Tuesday or Wednesday or something like that. Right. And I actually, I was really surprised about how much trouble that I had to just find the list of like what came out this week. Yeah. That's... Like, like Sony doesn't even very clearly disseminate that information. You'd think that it would be easier, which is insane to me. Beyond that. What about the games that you already own or the game? Like, here's the thing. You guys all know that I like my Apple devices. And I used to, I was never an Apple fanboy like before the iPhone. But since iPhone, total convert. Um, and it has the little number and it's like, hey, you have this many updates. And I can, you know, every time you look at the App Store icon, I, and I never update my stuff, at least not frequently, because you have so many apps running. Like, I'm not going to go in there every day and update a bunch of stuff. Right. However, it still tells me, it's like, hey, you know, you have 38 apps that need updating. But um, Sony, Nintendo, Microsoft, none of them have a little area that says, hey, you've got stuff to update. Like, this game just had an update. In other words, you know, what's that game that you played forever? The Elder Scrolls whatever game? Yeah. What's the newest one? Skyrim. Skyrim, right? So didn't that need a lot of updating because it had all these problems? Like, let's say you gave up. You're like, screw it. Too much pop-in or bad saves or whatever. And I'm not going to play it until it's updated, right? Right. Nothing on your screen tells you hey, there's been an update to this game that you own. Well, with that one, let's see, at least at least on Xbox, it'll tell you. It'll be like, oh, there's an update. When you run that game. When you run it, yes. If True. you run it. But if you don't run it, you don't know. And on Apple devices, at least, it lets you know, hey, there's there's stuff going on, something you should pay attention to. Now, when the number gets so big, I have 38 different apps to update right now, yeah. it doesn't trigger any any awareness in me. But at very least, I can go into it and I can immediately see every single app that needs to be updated or that has an update available and the date that that update became available. So I can say, oh, great, there was just an update today for this app that had bugs in it. And then I can look at all the things that they changed too. And I, I want to say I guarantee this is going to happen for these systems. Um, I really think it's likely. You know what's funny is, so I was just thinking now about like how maybe it would be a good time to like for me to mention how on really on both you know the PlayStation Store and on Xbox Live Store, there I have like this procedure that I follow to go like digging down their tree of stuff to find out what's new. Right. And it's only because I've like explored enough of the tree that I know where they hide the new stuff. Okay. And and you are a complete expert but in here, that area. Here's the thing, right? Is that they put they don't put all the new stuff in the same place. They kind of scatter it around based on category. And so you have to like go down one road, like, okay, now these are the new demos. And you go down another road, okay, now these are the new things that are not demos. And then you go, now these are the new like wallpapers or whatever right themes and it just strikes me that uh, why like why don't they just have one place where you can see everything that's new there since the last time you were there 
Yeah, and, they and have, why is that so hard? They have so much information for you. And in in what I'm what I'm complaining about is that like I wouldn't have known there was an update to Doritos Crash Course. Yeah, they're they have enough information that they could even tell. Like they could categorize whether or not they think you would care about this update, and then prioritize things. Like, did you get most of the achievements in this game? Like once you get past well, half the achievements, no, you probably see, really like it. The problem with like metrics like that is that it starts becoming like really subjective. Listen, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you that it would be imperfect. I'm just saying the information is there. They could always improve on the process. I would like to see everything, but when there's so much stuff out there, maybe they would need to to somehow prioritize. You know what I think the reason is why it's not like that. I think it's because what what we see in both of these stores is like. The aftermath of a horrific battle between marketers and interface designers. I think it stems from the fact that video games have previously never needed a whole lot of interface in general. I mean, the games themselves did, but not the people building the hardware and sort of promoting the use of the hardware. And that stupid Microsoft dashboard, I'm starting to realize, like, for some reason, it didn't click in me until very recently when I was using Hulu, and I mean, like, yesterday, that the reason it's such a bad interface for Hulu and for Netflix and for everything is because Microsoft, I presume, has some mandate that it all needs to be similar to work with the stupid Connect, so you can talk your way through these menus, and that's ruined it. It's Hulu is a nightmare to look through because it's it matches the connection you have all these stupid square tiles which gives it a uniform look across their all of their software but it makes it it's such a mess hulu in general whatever hardware you're you're using is really difficult the netflix one there appears to be some some manner of huge mess also because it's like you can only look at like you you can only browse through certain things and then you can find things that you can search for but if you don't think to search for them, then you can't find them. Oh, yeah, you can't search for category. You can't say search for comedies. You can't type that into the search bar. You get whatever predetermined cues they want you to look at, yeah. and then you get a finite list of items in those cues, and you get a text search. It's the Netflix searching on anything but a PC is absurd. Um, Hulu on iPad is actually really good, which is weird. Um, it, I mean, it's not, it's far from perfect, but comparatively way better and everything on Xbox is stupid, but, but getting back to my original point, uh, they need to be able to tell you about updates and they should even tell me about updates for games that I don't currently have in my system. Like if I had deleted Doritos crash course, but they had some way of knowing that I liked it, like maybe I could, I could delete it and say, forget about this game forever versus just clear it off my hard drive. Because if I had, I would even if I had gotten rid of it, I would still want to know there's an update. I would re-download it, and I would buy the update, and I would play it, right? Yeah. Or maybe I've moved on to a new physical system that it ne- was never downloaded to or something. I still want to get these updates, right? There's something new for stuff you already own, and you can go get it now. And that's not available. There could, ju- could just be a queue, like a list of here's all... You go into this one screen, here's a list of all the new stuff that is relevant to you, Um and they could put all sorts of salesy crap in there, too. It, I mean, there's room. But like you're saying, it's all a big mess. And it's because they've, it's like new territory for them. But you know, for a company like Apple, they've been building interfaces since day one, right? That's what they're all about. Simplicity and usability and access to information and all that crap. And they've done a pretty good job, whereas Microsoft and Sony uh, and, oh, my God, Nintendo. It's, yeah, let's... The, you have, you haven't seen the Nintendo one. store. Well, not on the Wii U, no. Yeah, I, I imagine it's similar to 3DS, but I haven't seen that one. Um, but it's, like, I can't tell. The 3DS we, is a mess, too. It's like it's like a hall of mirrors where, like, now, like, every every time they update it, like, the categories also change. Oh, nice. Yeah. Now, I'm like, well, is this a WiiWare game or is it a Wii U-Wear game? Like, yeah. I can't even tell. It's it's worse because they also, the the categories are, like, strictly not mutually exclusive. So, like, one will be called 3D called racing games and the same game might be in both of them because it's a 3d racing game right but the problem is is that you never ever know if you've looked at all of the things like even to this day it's like i i've tried to like i've scoured the list of stuff to see what's available i go through all these lists of things where i see the same thing over and over again and i still don't know if there's certain things that are in that store that i'm just not aware of yeah it's 
it's really miserable. And uh, I'm a little upset that the game I want to play, Doritos Crash Course, luckily I read a blog. That's it. Life's hard. segment i promised we would talk a little bit about thq and what's going on there crazy uh, crazy crazy stuff we haven't talked much about it but it's getting crazier every week yeah so okay let me see if i can recap what's happened so far so thq basically declared bankruptcy right and it's a uh it's not a liquidation it's like a reorganization bankruptcy and apparently some okay so uh some investment group bought them Right for some sum, what are they called? Clearwater, something like that. I don't remember. Okay, doesn't matter. Anyway, um, what happened was when that purchase was made, Clear Lake Capital Group. Clear Lake, yes. Yeah. And um, as as is usual, right? Uh, a lot of these names of these financial companies are like oxymorons, right? So this isn't a Clear Lake. This is a boggy. Muddy Lake, because um, apparently a lot of a lot of investors or a lot of people who are a party to this um, to to THQ's financial situation complained because they were like, "Hey, nobody had enough time to actually put in a legitimate bid for their assets." Clear, Clear Lake Lake got them all right, and a lot of people were upset. A lot of entities were upset because they were like, "Hey." Like, we didn't even have a chance to actually, like, legitimately bid on this. And that took a form of some big official financial complaint because basically the um, the employees or the, the people who were running THQ got accused of not acting in the best interest, best financial interest of their share, shareholders, which would be holding out for the best offer. Instead, what they're accused of doing is um, surreptitiously siphoning everything over to Clear Lake with the hopes that that would be the best way for all of the uh, executives of the company to remain uh, as executives of the company on the way out. Now, knowing what we know and knowing what we've seen, does it surprise you to hear that people are saying that THQ is not working in the best interests of their shareholders? Somehow, somehow I'm not surprised. Not okay. really surprised. Um, so apparently what's happened is that that uh, that purchase has been like – I guess I guess it's been declared null and void and they're going to now – now people, now companies like, I don't know, um, Warner Brothers. We know that Ubisoft is interested, of course. Yeah. I mean all the big um, ones are going to be interested. To all the big time. ones are now making bids on – I guess it looks like pieces of the company – um, because the initial thing that they tried uh, didn't really fly. So, needless I mean, to say, this stock has been delisted. So, I mean, I've had a, I had a ton of stock that now I will be reporting on my taxes is, uh, yeah, lost. Sorry, man. No, it's fine. It's three hundred two thousand bucks on my taxes. It's, oh, so it's, it's a good, good thing. It's well, it's better than not being able to do. That. Was this stock that you purchased, or that yeah. was vested to you as part the, of your employment? Oh no, 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 no! This was stock that I uh, foolishly purchased with my, all my own money. Oh, you want to talk about foolish stock decisions? <laughs> yeah. You, you found your guy, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that sucks. Um, down the tubes, it has gone. But uh, but yeah, so it's it's been interesting. A judge said no, that sale can't happen, and I guess in about two weeks. Two weeks from tomorrow, actually, is when the real auction will happen, and and it could just be sold off individually. So, that's exciting. What? How many things do they have that people actually want? Right? There's Saints Row. That's the only thing I know of. That uh, there's people Saints Row. Give there's a crap a, about there's anymore. a Darksiders franchise. Those, those oh. are their those are their two big things, really. South Park. Oh, there's. I guess they that's, own something about South Park. I don't know much about that. They're the ones who are in the deal to to publish it, and that is a big one. And I don't know what happens with that. 
now that that this has happened with THQ, I don't know if they can find another publisher or if they're sticking with THQ and what happens if they do stick with them. Who knows? Like if that's something that could be purchased, uh, but that's, yeah, there's not much. Like they have a lot of IP, but I doubt, or do they? Or may, they just made a lot of stuff for other people's IP, right? They have some IP. I wouldn't say they have a lot. They have like a Conan the Barbarian game. Do they? I think so. Because there, there were two Conan games. Oh. Yeah, it's so hard to remember. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, vultures will be picking at that corpse for a short amount of time. Um, so that was, that's been interesting to read. Every week something new happens. Um, what else do we have here? Let me, let me talk about the Sim Raceway thing we've had here on this table for a while now. Okay. Should, Later, I want to talk about, about Samurai Showdown, if you could believe that. Oh, okay. Yeah, but Sim Raceway, go for it. Yeah, so so you you brought me this thing, and it's a steering wheel, and it's called Sim Raceway. Interestingly, it's not a wheel. It's not a. It's not a. Well, but it's but not round. That, but by that, I mean, mean not only is it not round, it also is not attached to a base around which you would like rotate the wheel. Right. So at first, I was really excited, and then I was. Really disappointed when I looked at the back and noticed there's nothing to attach it to. Yeah. Um, apparently, this is a you you buy this uh, st- steering wheel and it's a game. I mean, it's just this wheel that is um, decapitated, so to speak, if the wheel were a head, and it's got a little. Well, the opposite of decapitated. Right. It's just the head and no body. Right. It's capitated. Okay. Uh, and it plugs into your – I guess it plugs into your PC, and it's a game that you play. And you play it – Well, it there's a free download of a game. Yes. Yes. Okay. And you play it by steering the wheel in the air, kind of like uh, Wii style, I suppose. But you haven't tried this yet? I haven't. I haven't even been motivated to try it. It's, That's unfortunate. It's really, this wheel... it's really an awkward thing. Like it's got uh, – now, I do have to say that the thing that – it seems to be put together pretty well – it's a very nice, aside from the fact that it's gyro, basically, it's a really nice device. Like, it's got great rubber. All the buttons are really strong. Even the cord for the USB thing No, it feels, it feels nice to hold in your hands. Um, one of the problems, or one of the um, features, perhaps. Hear that click. Is that, yeah, that's a click. It's a strong that, click. Yeah. So the gas and the brake, right, because you might wonder where are the pedals, right? So you operate the gas and the brake by way of, like, an extra set of paddles that are below the shifter paddles. Um, which is kind of weird, but I guess, uh, I mean, if you're, I could actually be into that. I could, that, yeah. that would work. It's not a purists kind of, uh, device. I'm not That's trying to sure. fawn all over this thing because it's something magical. It's just what they did with it was well done. I don't know that I agree with the decisions of the gyro thing. Yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you something, well built. something that vexed me a little bit was the fact that like, you see those dials on there. Yes. Like those actually do something. Yeah. So Thrustmaster makes uh, this is a Formula One style wheel. That's not that's why it's not round and that's why it has dials on it. Yeah. And um, Formula One's the really tiny triangle cars, right? Low to the ground. I mean. Yeah, it's among the, those are among those. Yes. Yes. And um, because not everybody knows this, you're a car guy, but not everybody knows. Yeah, well, you know, you say F one, that doesn't trigger an image in their head. It's you know, but the beautiful thing is people can search for stuff if they don't know what it is. Yeah, they have internets. Okay. Anyway, anyway, what I wanted to make a reference to was that Thrustmaster actually makes a Formula One style wheel for my rig, right? That you can change out with the round wheel. But the problem is, is that it kind of looks like that, and it's got dials on it. And the dials are fake. They don't even do anything. Oh, that's frustrating. And, and, and I was like, what's the point in making like a serious simulator piece of equipment and you put dials on it that don't do anything? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. This one has a bunch of buttons that actually work with the game that it comes with. It has these three rotating dials on the face that actually do stuff. I don't know what they do because I do not know enough about cars. I, I do have to say, though, I was really surprised to see um, on some forum somebody has taken this wheel and actually did mount it to a column. I think it has the stuff on the back, so it's mountable. I mean, it, it has well, a metal threading screw on the back, so yeah. you could mount it to, uh, I presume, a tripod of some sort, actually. 
It looks like a tripod mount. Yeah, it's only like one mounting point, unfortunately, which is kind yeah. of disappointing. But I guess it's better than nothing. But someone, someone, someone's trying to do something with that. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, we actually got this, I think, from the Steel Series folks. I think they were involved in actually manufacturing that, which is one reason why it's actually really high quality. Steel Series makes good stuff. Um, I I want to see you try it out because maybe the gyro thing will work well. Maybe. What I don't like about about uh, having to do that is that it actually would induce fatigue. Yeah, I mean, you have to hold it up with your own hands. You don't have to hold up the steering wheel normally. Yeah, you know, this this movement in, in computers with Windows 8 um, to have touch screens. Like, did you know all... Every year they come out with new computers, um, CES. I've heard of this. It's actually happening this week. Like a bunch. If you look at the blogs right now, like looking in Gadget, it's just, it's like E3 for hardware this week in, in Vegas is when CES, CES is happening. And um, so tons of new TVs, tons of new computers, all that stuff. And the, the big advance this year, like we did Ultrabooks last year where everything's really thin and still powerful. Now it's thin and powerful, but also has a touch screen. But... I think people aren't realizing that, like, or at least manufacturers or Microsoft, somebody didn't realize, like, touchscreens are a pain in the ass when they're vertical. Like, the iPad I can hold on my my knee, like, I can have it almost horizontal or at least angled, and it's okay. comfortable. But when you're using a laptop or, God forbid, like, one of those all-in-one desktops that's also a touchscreen, that's huge fatigue. If I have to be touching everything, that's a lot of – I mean, i got to hold my whole arm up and constantly be touching the screen – I don't want that. Yeah, it's funny. There was uh, I was working with this friend uh, some time ago, and he got one of these. Uh, it's not really that new, but he got one of those uh, the Cintiq tablets. It's not. It's not a Cintiq, but it's like kind of like that, where it's a monitor that also happens to have touch capability, and we just never use the touch functions. It's yeah. like why even do that when you have? Why a would mouse? you? The Cintiqs make sense because you can lay it's them down in whatever angle you want too, and was, use a pen. I was, I was just talking to an artist friend of mine who was like. Oh yeah, I really want to use this, and he tried using it, and he was like, "I can't get, I can't get accustomed to this. This is impossible to use." <laughs> the like, c- like he was full actually, Cintiq? yeah, he was actually motivated to become adept at it, and just gave up. It was like it's just, just too hard to work with. Oh, so okay. so just because this new technology doesn't mean it's any good. Well, yeah, I am not impressed by the idea of of the touchscreens. It works in some applications. It's going to work well in computers. Like I. Maybe, maybe just for like pointing at the right places, I kind of get it. Once in a while, I would use the the touchscreen, but if it can't just convert to a tablet format, I would not want touch. Uh, or at least, I would end up not using it. It would be a wasted feature. And when I did use it, I would just end up with fingerprints, and that would be annoying. Well, once so, again, it's it's the um... yeah. So holding up a gyro controller for an entire game, yeah. like I don't know how many minutes a race is, several minutes, doing that over and over and over. We get hugely fatigued. Either that or you just get gigantic arms. Well, you've got that covered. Are you going to find a master of science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology? Where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives? Where else in the Valley, on campus or online, can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security, artificial life programming, and game studies, as well as technology management? Where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology? UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain. Lead. Manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu. All right, we're back. It's Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Our enthusiasm for these intros, I think, goes downhill over the course of the show. Well, I I prefer to think of uh, my tone of voice as stoic. That's another option. 
Okay. So um, UAT.edu, website for the University of Advancing Technology. They keep uh, keep the show running, so please check them out. Um, you meant, I, I said earlier that I want to talk about Samurai Showdown. Right? Last week... Samurai Showdown? Shamura, Samurai Showdown. Um, I assume people remember this game. Like, I got to admit, the game, in my opinion, was never that good... But for some reason, I always, at least as a kid, thought it was really good. Like, oh my god, is the pinnacle of gaming? Oh, they put it on Super Nintendo. Awesome! Really was it? I was like, okay, here's just one of the, I guess, better Neo Geo fighting we, games. Yeah, but we all thought it was a great game, and I, it was always a pain in the ass to control. I could never pull off the stuff that I wanted to pull off, even though I was doing exactly the right motion. Requires very disciplined. Yeah, Street Street Fighter was a little bit more forgiving in in actually putting out the moves, but. Um, in theory, it's cool. Like, the guys had interesting special moves and interesting visuals and all that stuff. So it it was very successful, and it had, like, at least four primary iterations. Plus, it had, like, a 3D version that failed with that Neo Geo 64. I don't know if you remember that thing. You've got your wall of, of machines back there, but you don't have a Neo Geo 64, right? You know what? 64. I don't, even, I don't know if it was called 64. It was Neo Geo something, and they made a big deal out of it being 64-bit. It was the the 3D Neo Geo that went nowhere. I don't oh, I don't think there was a home version. Yeah, definitely don't have that one. It might it might have just been arcade. So there was the 3D Samurai Showdown and maybe like a car racing game, and very few games came out for it. Oh, okay, I see what you're doing. It died quickly. Yeah, um, yeah, I should have known. Like, there's no home system, so of course you don't have it. Anyway, um, I don't remember how they came across it. Some there, some company, small company, I presume, is porting the game. Is it uh, is it Tomo? No, because apparently, apparently, Tomo just released uh, the Neo Geo X. The Neo Geo X. Yeah, that thing actually with, with HDMI output, and it's it's a, can, it's a really well put together console or like portable and console thing. It's crazy. We, I think we brought it up once, didn't we? It's, it's possible. So, like, I'm like, how do they have the money to like support this kind of financial endeavor? Because, I mean, I don't know, Rabid. Video game fans, some of them will buy it, but that's about it. I mean, this is like talk about a niche of a niche. It is, it is. Um, but I gotta say, it was actually put well put together. The people have reviewed it well, and it's it's got a docking station, right? So you dock it inside this device that is encased to look like an original Neo Geo, and then you can plug in an actual Neo Geo controller. I mean, it's got like a USB cord instead of the old style cord, or whatever, some connector that's not the original one, but it's, it's for all other purposes, this an original Neo Geo home controller, yeah. which is huge and like as big as the whole system itself. Yeah. Um, so that plugs into this docking station thing and then it outputs, like you said, HDMI. But uh, what you might not know is that people took it apart and found like the main OS stuff with all of the games that are built into it are just stored on an SD card or like a, a micro SD card. It's so unsurprising. If you like, un- it's a little bit glued in, but if you can like unglue it and pull the card out, like they're already hacking it and we'll be able to have already been able to like put of their own ROMs are. on it and stuff like within a week. So anyway, um, for some reason, someone has the code to the original Samurai Showdown and is porting it. I don't know why, or maybe he's just talking about porting it at some point. Anyway, do you remember, did you ever play it? I assumed that you had played it before I brought this up. I have played it. Okay. You remember at some points, your two characters can get in a clash where, like, they're just pushing against each other with swords. Yeah, yeah. And you have to repeat it. It it has a picture on the screen with an actual hand. Look at this. No, I I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm I'm reimagining it in my head as you speak. So for those who don't know, there's a a point where, like, maybe you attack at the same time and instead of the, the swords just clanging at each other and you bouncing apart, like, it... I don't know what decides this will happen, but at some point you'll just uh, merge together the two of your your fighters um, pushing up against each other, and then an, you actually see a picture of a hand and a picture of an arcade button right on top of the screen, and it's indicating you have to really you have to press your buttons a lot, like press a bunch right now, right. tap the button. Presumably, whoever taps fastest in some amount of time will win this clash, yep. and the other person will be knocked down or loses sword or whatever the result is of one person winning and the other losing. Sure. And this guy who looked at this code for this game that's, I don't know, 20 years old or something? Yeah. It's random. It's random. The output is, or the outcome is random. Oh, like it doesn't matter. It does not take into account the pressing of the buttons. 
It actually has a visual indicator telling the player to do something. Yeah. And the thing that you're telling them to do is irrelevant. This um, this might be shocking to say, but I don't think this is the first time something like this has happened. It's amazing to me, though. Right? I understand that there's a lot of stuff that happens in games where you fool the player into thinking something's happening that isn't. And my perfect example is the connect, where like it makes it makes you think that you're dancing properly when really it just sees a couple things and thinks you're doing at least kind of maybe a close enough job to say that, okay, you got points for that dance move or something, right? So it, it has to just approximate stuff because right. nobody's going to be the perfect dancer uh, and it also can't see well enough. But this is straight up telling you to do something specific and then not taking into account at all whether or not you did it. I'm not saying it is an insidious. It's a, it's a complete lie. It is. It's it's a that's the definition of a lie, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, I thought that was fascinating, absolutely fascinating that they would just straight up lie to the player like that. Um, you know, and I'm sure nobody knows about this stuff. I'm kind of shocked that nobody nobody knew that until now because one of the greatest things would have been right. If you if you knew but if you had this information you could go to the arcade back in the day and maybe even now and when you get into one of those you just like step back with your arms up and half the time <laughs> yeah. you would win you would still win exactly yes. and the guy would be like what's up with that and uh, yeah I, that's that's amazing little nugget for you I have no way to prove this it's just what I've read and fascinating to me but that would be one way to prove it if you can get into that state and not press any buttons and win when the other guy presses a lot yeah yeah then that's that's probably true (laughs) (laughs) exactly so um that's great to me have have you ever been involved in a game that just straight up lied to the player like that well not knowingly of course well i don't know about of course people built this game to do something that they did but yeah, you're I saying mean, you would you wouldn't have known. If, I, if I that wouldn't was have known. In? Yes, because uh, you know, I mean, if, unless you're you know the person who's coding the game itself, you can. Do you think that's what happened? Do you think like even the devel- the designers didn't know that it was random, and the coders? It's. it's uh, I mean, there's really no way to know without asking them, right? I'll tell you this: I did. Um, I did do something bad in college once in a programming course when we were we were actually writing compilers. Okay. Okay. It's a pretty hardcore class. You know, it's like I asked the teacher, I was like, well, you know, if we hard code our our program to like handle certain cases that we know are going to be handled in the test, right? Because you the way the project worked is you'd write this program that would compile code and then the teacher would feed it some code, right? Now, now you could take a few shortcuts and make some assumptions because you knew the kind of stuff that you were going to be getting input into it, right? And, of course, the teacher was like, no, if you take a shortcut like that, I'd consider your code broken and you will fail. And I didn't do that exact thing, but I kind of, you know, did a little bit of things like that that I knew I wasn't supposed to do. Totally got away with it. No, <laughs> nobody noticed. Yeah. Well, I had a, a programming class. I actually took COBOL. That's exciting. After the year 2000, by the way. <laughs> Well, I think it was in the year 2000. You know, the funny thing is you could say like after the year 1990 and it would have pretty much have the same meaning. Well, but they needed COBOL prior to Y2K. They needed COBOL programmers to, to be fixing code constantly. And those people now are, have been out of work for quite some yeah. time. Uh, well, actually, they still needed to be correcting code after Y2K. But anyway, so I took COBOL in the year 2000 because it was going to be easier than Java, I think. That's why I took it. And... The teacher knew that I knew what I was talking about and was lazy enough that when I passed in my final, he was like, so do I, should I even grade it or just give you 100? And he was totally serious. He was just going to give me 100. And I was like, no, I want you to look at it. You made me do this work. He was, he was like, you know, you might not get 100. I was like, yeah, I don't care. Look at it. Like, I'm going to get an A anyway. But like, don't be such a lazy ass. I tried to get him fired way before the final. This sounds like a wonderful teacher. Yeah. Well, I was at a state school and he was just talking about religion half the time, like in a programming class. It was seriously awesome. like I went to the authorities of the school and said, this guy is a freaking joke. I could teach the class better than he could. Let me just have a chat group with the people in the class and we'll learn more than with this a-hole. And, and, they and that's did, why teachers are so highly paid. They did not get rid of him. And it was simply because they had nobody else to teach the class. 
And I was like, I will teach it. You know, let me test out. And they wouldn't even let me test out. When it comes to COBOL, they kind of have a point there. <laughs> I was like, I got an A and C. Let me take that. And then I wanted to. Anyway. All right. That's an old story that has nothing to do with video games because you don't make video games using COBOL. No, um, you don't do anything using COBOL. <laughs> It was actually, you know, it's a language that sounds almost like you're just speaking English. Doesn't it? Yeah, it was not that bad. It's kind of like, uh, oh God, I don't remember it well enough, but I want to say it was just yeah, like so a slightly does, better version of basic. Yeah, so does calling um, Sony customer support. That also sounds like English, but it, is, <laughs> but it isn't yeah. at all. Okay. I I hear what you're saying. Um, we only have like a minute left. Did you know that uh, PlayStation 2 discontinued? Had you read that? I, I heard something about that. Like, Only uh, took 13 years. Yeah. So what is I this, feel like I'm setting up some mean? sort of comedy joke, this but just I'm not. Means, this just means they're, they're just not manufacturing them anymore, or they're not selling them anymore, or what? Well, I'm sure they're selling old stock, but yeah. but yeah. PlayStation 2 somehow survived 13 years. I think the soup, one of the Nintendo systems lasted a very, very long time as well. Um, but PlayStation 2, yeah. All all done and what's more fascinating is that it lasted this long not that it's finally done for but um like it all the way through the lifespan of the next system which is the longest lifespan we've seen for a system basically survived three life cycles in my opinion which is a long time it is anyway it's gonna get longer end of the road for that and with the ps4 i'm sure it'll support uh ultra hd and your three tvs will go the way of the dodo when you'll have to then get three 4K TVs. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. But by then you'll be, you know, even more rich. And just... Well, it's nice to assume that I'll just have more and more money. making so much cash through the nose. Yeah, it's a nice assumption to make. That's the American way, isn't it? All right. Well, for next week, everyone, I want you to email us and tell us which asset of THQ you would buy if you were at that auction. And uh, we'll talk about that next week. Good night, guys. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.